Welcome to the Life of Faith North podcast, where you can access the latest Sermon of the Week and explore our archive of past messages. To access other resources or view live content, please visit us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Life of Faith North. We hope you will find this message encouraging and uplifting as you listen. Amen. We thank you for your goodness and mercy and your love to us. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, that you're not distant in any stretch of the mountains. Lord, you're closer than ever. In Jesus' name, help us give his wisdom to guide us. Always, always very love to you. Amen. And then kind of set things up for where we will end today is be ready all throughout the, the message, be ready all throughout the time as we're in the word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Uh, but what I, I want to have an expectation of is this, is for you and I this morning to have a fresh encounter with the love of God. Right? Today and moving all the way in through into Christmas, I want us to, again, I don't know how to say it any better, to, to heighten, to increase, to elevate our expectation that I am going to experience the love of God. And maybe for some, it might be for the first time. I think probably for most, it's going to be just the next time. Amen. And I'll go ahead and say this again. I mean, and I know that there's still bullets here. I'll be this PG as I know how. You know, but I love that I, I married my wife 25 years ago. Amen. And I was a terrible lover to her when we first got started. Amen. Just because I wasn't done. I didn't know anything. Amen. But over the years, praise God, you don't have to say it up. Yeah. And you, you get better. And the reason I said that is when I look at it, it's the same work I'm going to look at later this morning when it says, and you have known the love of God. And it is literally the same Greek word that talks about the intimacy between the husband and wife. How Adam knew Eve. And again, I say that because sometimes we can we can live life on old experience. Right? Just as much as I can't, I can't have a great marriage with my wife based on past romance. Nobody. It has to be new. It has to be fresh. It has, now, we're not ungrateful, right? And nobody is uh, nobody's judging or demanding or anything like that. But, but it grows. And I understand that I want us to have an expectation that your experience with God's love for you is going to grow and grow and grow, just like a husband and wife's experience can and should grow and grow and grow. And you all heard it said in marriage circles, right? You know, the joke, you know, you know, I married you 25 years ago. And when I married you, I told you I loved you. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Have you ever heard that terrible joke before? Yeah. So in that he's a joke. You know, I like saying it's because he gets aggravated by me. You know, but aren't you glad God doesn't do that? Aren't you glad God didn't say, well, you know, I died for you 2,000 years ago. 
And I told you I loved you. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. But aren't you glad that every day, everybody say every day, every day, your father, your savior, your husband, Jesus, every day wants to love you first. Does that make sense? Yes. That's kind of where so at the end of our time here today, we're going to take some time with the Holy Spirit telling we're going to look at some things. And I'm going to start whenever someone and I are here teaching. And I'll encourage any of the other uh, leaders when they it's their turn to teach the daughter if you wish to. Uh, but to give us opportunity to experience the love of God. Right? Because again, and we will teach on it, and when his help, I'll do the best job I've ever done in teaching on it. This is one of my favorite subjects. But again, I can teach my wife I love her. And it might be fun. Or I can just show her. Right. And I want us to let God have a chance to show us. As we finish this wonderful year beginning, I want God to show us, and I want us to have an explanation. Lord, show me how much you can. Help me experience your love one more time, fresh and new. Yeah. So to catch everybody up, and to not think too much, I'm, we'll start in Hebrews chapter 11 again. Kind of give those. By the way, guys, we have a Rutledge family with us from our Irondale campus. We give them a big round of applause for coming. If you haven't had them, please do come and meet them. Uh, they're part of our extended church family that's out there. Very, very special folks to Selena and I. And so please make sure you introduce yourself and get to be their friends too. Yeah. But we've been talking about faith and what faith is. Right? So remember, what is faith? What we've been talking about. Faith is what? What we just started. Faith is a positive persuasion, a firm persuasion. We've also said, what else is faith? Faith is a relational action, and it's a positive response right, to what God has already done. So for those that are here for the first time, faith simply is, these are all definitions in Scripture. Uh, if you're interested, uh, I can tell you about it later if that's good to you. But faith is simply as being fully persuaded. Right? Faith is a positive response, just like we did in communion. It's a positive response to what God has already done. And we've been talking about how faith is a relational action, or it's an invitation into relational activity. Right? That is faith. So here we're looking at Hebrews 11, 6, where it says, So without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? So what pleases God? Faith. Your firm persuasion pleases God. Your positive response pleases God. And your yes to his invitation into an activity pleases God. Right? Because it says, for the one that would come to God must believe two things. What are the two things they must believe? That he is and... He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So again, for those that are getting here or new or watching, the he is part isn't just that he exists. That's true. If you're going to come to God, believe he exists. <laughs> or to come to somebody you don't believe exists. 
So you must believe he exists. But more than that for us, it's we must believe he is who he has introduced himself to be. You can, I jokingly said, how many of you believe that my name's Brad? Why do you believe that? Because at some point, at some point you said, hi, my name is Elijah. And I said, hi, Elijah, my name is Brad. You didn't ask my birth certificate. You didn't ask for a passport. You didn't ask for a driver's license. You didn't have to get a notary public three-person witness piece of paper. You just simply took me at my word that when I said, I am Brad, you said, oh, he's Brad. And so my question is, is why don't we do that with God? That if he simply just tells us who he is, can I engage with him as easily as I would engage with you and go, oh, if you're Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, I'll just believe that's who you are. Or if you're Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, I just think I'll believe you. That's the suggestion you said you are. You are the healer. Amen. And today we're going to look at it. And so in 1 John, if you'll go there, this is a New Testament. We spent a lot of time in looking at some of these names in the Old Testament. But here, we look at 1 John chapter 4 in verse 16. And remember, I always like to say this, remember, John is the apostle who was writing, and John was Jesus' BFF, right? But he was the closest human friendship that Jesus had on this earth. So if anyone knew Jesus well, it was John, right? And knew him so well that Jesus had enough trust in John that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus said, John, here's your mama, and gave Mary to John to care for I'll give remember that. That's how close in Jesus was, right? So it says here, John says, and we have known and believed, if you want to underline those two words, if we have known and believed the love that God has for us, and what's the next three words? God is love. So who is God? He is love. Remember what it said? If I'm going to come to God, I must believe that he is and that he will reward me based on who he is as I diligently seek him for who he is. Does that make sense? Some of you have had the privilege of seeking me out as the fisherman because that's who I am. I love to fish. I don't even know I like to fish. Have you ever gone fishing with me before? Well, why don't you go fishing with me? Well, because you came and asked me. Many of you came and said, many of my kids, well, Dad, can we go fishing? The answer was, yes. Why not? Let's go do it. Well, why did you come and ask to begin with? Because I am a fisherman. That's just what I like to do. Does that make sense? So it's the same thing with God. We try to, you know, Knowing who he is and the diligently seeking, I want to make sure I'm clear on the diligently seeking part because how many of you grew up like me and that sounded like if you pray hard enough, then he'll reward you. Yeah. Or if you read your Bible enough, then he'll reward you. Or if you're a good little boy or a good little girl or you do it just right, then he'll. No, no, the diligently seeking him is, is oh, Brad's a fisherman. 
If I just keep coming to him as a fisherman, I can't help but go fishing. Why? Because that man is going to go fishing. I, I'm also, I'm going to do something. I didn't plan it. It's actually accidental, but it's funny. Is it? So I'm going to pull my Superman shirt out here. The, the Western's gave me. How many would agree with my shirt? How many would agree with my shirt? What does my shirt say? I'm the squirrel slave. Right? Now, why can I wear this shirt with confidence? Because every time this year, this morning at about 5.45, I got up and I got my, my rifle. I went to my secret spot that I've now made because the neighbor are catching on. And they're starting, they're starting to look a little bit more intently. And I don't want the full bill police to show up. If y'all are watching, I guess now, 17 or whatever, pretty far and dry. Most sadly, but, um, but I'm, I'm just out for a while. Because that's just, so how do you think you could go squirrel hunting with you? Be bad. Right? Why? Because that's just what I, y'all see this. So, so how many of us, so how many of you think that if we just say, God, you said your love, I'm just going to come experience that. I'm just going to come and I'm asking you, can we just have a time? Lord, just, and I've been going to show you again how much this is prayer. This morning, one more time. Show me how much you need. One more time. You know, for so many years, you've been so faithful. Oh, so faithful to teach me how much you love me. One more time. When I can go. You go one more time. You talk to Dad, can go fishing one more time? Can you go hunting one more time? Aren't you glad that God is just like a good father? That he doesn't go, well, I, I took you hunting once. Aren't you happy? Isn't that enough? But we can come to him and go one more time. Can you go again? Little kids here and have fun while in the picture with their mother. And it's a great exercise program for example when they're about that big. They're like this Whitney's little beautiful babies. You grab them and you throw them up in the air. And when they start to talk, what's the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Jokes. That's the first thing that comes out of your kid's mouth. Grab them, throw them up in the air. Are you flipping? And how many of you know that that little person will wear a grown person out? It could be a dad of the grandmother. I mean, for Josh and Courtney, get ready. When, when Jonathan gets bigger, he's going to wear best exercise to do it again. Aren't you glad that you can do that with me? Love me again. Do it again. Show me again. Or can I experience you again? Can I come into you again? Yes. Praise God. And that's why John says in the same verse, he says that, he says, we have known and believe the love that he has for us because he that abides or lives in or makes love his home abides in God and God in him. See, see love, guys, love is not an emotion only. Now, love will generate an emotion. Don't get me wrong. We're not Vulcans. We're not Star Trek. We have no feelings. But love will produce an emotion, but love for us is more than an emotion. Right? Love for us is a place where we live. Again, I, I've said this before, I think I said it before. 
How many of you, you went to the zoo and you get a burning? You know the zoo? How many of you were like me? You're always that you remember the polar bear. Is it remember the polar bear? Yeah. Her remembers the polar bear because then the bear just stop remembering the polar bear. I'm so sorry. You missed a beautiful taste of church. So I'm gonna tell you, all of us that are here, my kids. When I was a little kid, we loved going, and when you went to the zoo, you always took the bag of marshmallows with you. There used to be a monkey island and I, I got a there was bear monkey island, and we were named the monkeys. My brother told me this. We would take gum and throw it over on the monkey island. Right? And the monkey would come and grab it. And the monkey would grab it and put it in his mouth. And another monkey would come as it was chewing it and grab a piece. And then it would be bowl gum over every monkey. Oh. I'm sure the zoo people are That's why. We are the reason I would go to the city now and say, do not feed the animals. I feel scared. So I was being my life. But the polar bear would stand up and he'd take marshmallows and he would chunk a marshmallow at it. He would catch it in his mouth and then get away back. And when I'm eating it, I'm sure that polar bear died from diabetes. Because <laughs> there was dozens of us keep there, everybody with a bag of marshmallows, winging marshmallows at the polar bear. And he was just waiting for that. He just had it in the evening. I kind of lost you a little bit. You didn't catch the analogy of my story. But I started this story saying something really weird. What was the weird thing I said? Polar bear, Alabama. How many of you think that critter is not in his natural habitat? Yeah. How many of you, I mean, I never now think about it. Did you know polar bears underneath their white fur, their skin is black? You don't know that? So that they can soak up more sun than you are. That poor polar bear. Wrapped in this fur, got a black coat on in the middle of Alabama summer. I'm like, well, how did he make it? <laughs> well, listen to me. Did you know that you and love, that's your natural habitat? That's what John said. He that abides makes his natural habitat love of God for him. Now, I want to be real clear because how many of you heard teaching on the love of God before? How many of you, when you hear teaching on the love of God, it's always how you should love somebody else better? You better walk in love. Anybody ever heard it preached from that before? How many of you hear the love of God and you don't feel very loving? You walk away going, man, I said it. <laughs> I, I am not loving well at all. I'm just a bad Christian. I go away and I cry for a little bit because I must be a oh listen, I want to talk to you about this. Listen, before you can express love, you must know him. Before you can express love well, you must have been loved with. Because listen to me, that is why so many people struggle today, like you know, fatherless households. Right, and our mother in this households, all around our culture, there are people who did not experience love at home, and that's why they struggle showing their love. We all agree with that. You see, I say that not to put a downer on the message, but I show, show it as an example. Right, 
It's okay. Yeah. You understand that love is taught. Yeah. We're going to, at some point in this series, we'll look at it. Did you know that to live the love of God, you must be taught the love of God and what it looks like. You're going to do that. But the best way to you must experience because again, love, even though I can teach you and we're going to teach you all I can, love is one of those things where it must be experienced for you to fully catch the lesson. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Am I doing okay this morning? Sorry. Yeah. But it says here we have known and believe. And guys, I'm going to quote many Christians do really well on the believe part. How many of you believe God loves you? How many of you can say, I've experienced? See, there's there's sometimes a difference. I've seen all across 20-something years of doing ministry, many people believe it, but they don't know it. And John said, you have to have proof. We have known your love, and we believe you. We have experienced your love and we trust your love. There must be, I, I, I propose that the many reasons why, can I say, and not here, not amongst us, right? not amongst the life of faith, other places. How many of you have ever run into a mean Christian? We could run into a mean Christian before. Come on now, it's unfortunate. Amen. But sure, you run into a mean Christian, right? You realize that probably all of they believe God loves them, they just experience them. So that's why it's hard to show it. Yeah. It's hard to show it because I've not had it wrecked in me. Well, I mean, in a good way, I'll tell you some of my stories of the years games where the love of God has, has just wrecked me. It's out. Just how much you and I'm like, no, that can't be. That can't be, no. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I talk about me some of y'all, those do. I talk about me not because I'm trying to be egotistical, but I just can't talk about you. Some folks have said that I'm going to go, well, Brad, just nobody gets you upset. Ever said that or thought that about me? Some of my kids didn't even know what the bread is. Nobody does. Anybody else? Have you ever seen that in my life? Some of it is, is in certain situations, you catch me on, on the bad day, I'm still doing the excuse. But, uh, but for most of it is, is I just realized how much she's left me. It's not because we've been sexual or super spiritual or because I pray more than she might will. So, again, you understand, I don't really pray a lot. I probably should. I'll tell myself, I've never read the entire Bible. If you threw the whole thing in front of that, there's still parts of my Bible that are stuck together. <laughs> that's that's how I should read. But here, there should be those things. So I say that because we run into people most of the time it's not because they're doing super spiritual activity. They just encounter God. God showed me how much he loves me over the years. God's shown me how great his love is for me. 
and has so persuaded my heart that he will never abandon me. He will never leave me. He will never be mad at me. He will never be upset with me. He just loves being with me because he's my dad. I mean, if y'all hang out with me, I've switched over the years. I show, I'll call him many times properly. I call him dad. My own times with him, I'll say daddy, and I'll talk to him because he's only, he's the only daddy that's ever stood the whole time. Does that make sense? And so many times I run into folk. And I'm like going, you just don't know him yet. You bumped into pieces of him. But the moment you paint him and you bump into him, game over. It's okay. Yeah. So we have known the love of God. And that word known there again in the Greek language is the word for intimate relationship to the woman. Yes, I have no yes. Kind of respect. I was missed to performance based though. So if I look good, if I was a good little girl at home, if I had all the things, then I got affection and all. So then when we first got married, I asked that. I said, okay, Lord, why do you love me? Or I would say, tell me what I gotta do because this is good. Like I loved our our relationship and our marriage, and I kept saying, "What do you expect from me?" Because that way I know I will always have this love. And he had to teach me through his through through his words and through his actions that it was never going to be performance based. It's like, well, no, I make you. You're here, aren't you? That's all I expect. It's for you to keep showing up in our marriage. You're here. That's it. That's all I expected. And I, for like a year and a half, I didn't know what to do with that. Because I was so accustomed to performance-based love. Which, in our world system, everything is performance-based. And it's very hard sometimes to switch over. And so now it's interesting because, you know, with their chance, regardless of how they're performing, Regardless if they catch you up on regardless if they didn't do well in school, they didn't, they didn't, you know, whatever, you still love them. So you help them, but you don't love them less, is what I'm saying. And so through these relationships, God is showing us his love. And I'll never forget the first time I actually had a sit down conversation with my dad about that term now. And I thought, you know, and he, he just looked at me and says, I'm so proud of you. I I said that to him. Like, you know, you, you don't know me. Because I don't have to. You're my kid. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love is love shown upon your so sometimes God is in his wisdom just through relationships that are stable and that are centered in the word shows you or teaches you about that love and let it resolve. But we still need to ask him to experience it for ourselves, not just through my marriage and through my, my kids and through all the things, but really experience it just when I need.
dynamic cement cells. Sometimes that block is restored as we're so used to performance based everything that switching over is in the inheritance that's all over. What first word you said about I'll tell you a story of someone as an example of what I mean, what you might experience it. Okay, so I got the privilege, I had the privilege to travel with um, Brooklyn. And I got to run Angel. It was back in the late 90s, and we were doing things called Hope Ghost Meetings, broadcasting the satellite of Old Brooklyn. And so we were in Jackson, Mississippi. And it was a lot of morning service if I'm going to ride without a Monday. Middle camera. Uh, you're not crazy, homie. You've watched any of the YouTube stuff where Brother Hagen is out in the crowd and you're blowing on people and he's doing stuff? That shot is mine. Whenever you watch the stuff from about 97 to 2001 and all of those there, that was my camera. You saw him in the crowd. That was his. And there is one floating out there where I'm going to embarrass myself about the security. But anyway, so, uh, but we were there, we were Jackson, Mississippi, we're there, I'm, I'm running a camera, and Brother Hagin's teaching on the love of God, and it's a prayer. And what I mean is, is he said something, and I'll highlight it when we come to it, but he said something, and it was literally like the words went through the lens of my camera, came out the viewfinder, and like a football, and I don't get away, it's like a ball, or football, it's like a ball, and in the forehead. And I fumbled, and I dropped it, and the ball went away. And I remember standing at the camera, and I said, God, I just missed something. He just said something by you. I was supposed to get it, and I dropped the ball. And then I said, so we'll give you another chance. Because whatever that was, I knew. I just knew that by the Spirit, right? And so we come off that trip in about two days home, and I'm doing my leader work. Around the, the, the school and stuff there, and one corner comes across my desk and it says, Go video Brother Hagen. This is even a birthday to bring or something like that to a pastor. Go to his office at this time. I'm going to record this uh, video for this person. Here's kind of a script, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And we've done things like that before. So I go up to Brother Hagen's office, which is always like, you know, you have to go to the prophet's office and all this stuff. He says to so, so, so we're, we're up there and I'm there in Brother Hagen's office and I'm setting up the camera and we're there and I'm people with Hagen, this is the pastor so-and-so, kind of this is kind of some points for you, you'll be great and he will be great and my boss and they will be great. We sit down and record the video and it's all good, it's so be great, thank you, I'm packing up all my gear and I'm there and the Holy Spirit goes, I ain't going to get you any closer than this. And I remember saying, well, uh, but I didn't ask you questions and sure. I said the other day you were in Jackson, you were teaching on the world of God. And you said something, and I told him it's what I told you, it came to my camera and hit me in the head. I thought I don't know where it was. I missed it. And you might tell him that again. And he said, Oh, sure. And he reaches over behind his desk and grabs the bottle. He sits down with me for about half an hour. And he teaches me what I thought. And I'm going to teach you. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13 is known famously as the great love chapter. Now there's more to the chapter than love, but that's what it's basically known. You want to go and talk about the love of God anyway, you're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because all 
here defines what the love of God looks like. Now, I got to set up just for a second, and we're going to read it from at least two translations today. But here's the thing He's describing the love of God, and it's true. He's describing it in between us and people. So I'll just pick on Selena since I can go home with her, and she gets mad at you know that. Right. But uh, so, you know, it, it would, I can read this chapter and go, oh, this is how I can love Selena. And that is true. But based on what we're talking about here, but who is God? God is love. So this is not just defining my actions towards another human. It first defines God's actions to me. And, and I have to understand that first, that this chapter, what it's telling us is this is what God's love for you looks like. And this is what Brother Hayden taught me that day. Right? He says, you have to know God loves you this way. He loves you this way. Before I can love someone else this way, I have to have experienced him loving me this way so that I know how to love somebody else. Does that make sense? And where we've hamstrung a lot of Christianity is we've just told them, now you need to go love people this way. But they don't believe, they don't know that he loved them this way first. Does that make sense? Have you ever remember what Jesus said? Right when he says the two great things are love God and love people as yourself. That that as yourself part is because you've experienced God loving you this way. I'm about to read to you. Now I want you as we read this in two translations. I'll just set up what I want you to be listening for is as I read this. You're going to have what happened to me happen to you. There's going to be one of these things I'm about to read, and the Holy Spirit is going to pitch it to you like a ball. And it's going to hit you. Don't be like me. Don't drop it. Grab it. Does that make sense? I mean, but I have an expectation that when I read this from the Bible, not because I'm reading it, but because of what the Bible says it is, he's going to do something to you. And he's highlighting to you in that toss the area where he wants you to experience him right now. He, he's inter, remember we said faith is an interaction. So he's going to pitch to you and say, let me love you this way. And guys, listen, if it's here this morning and it hits you and you start to ugly cry, please do so. You're not going to bother anybody. You're not going to upset anybody. Amen. If it hits you and, and you fall out under the power of the Holy Spirit, please do so. Ain't going to bother nobody. <laughs> Does that make sense? But right now, Father, in Jesus' name, as we hear about how much you love us, I ask you that you help each one here experience your love in the way they need for where they are. In Jesus' name. And for time's sake, I'm just going to jump. You listen. If you want to follow, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. And again, remember, this is God and how he loves you. So I'm just going to replace love from time to time with the word God. 
Because why? God is love. So this is defining God towards you as much as it's defining love. So listen, for some of you, did you know God, he endures long and is patient and kind? Did you know that he is patient and kind? And he endures long. That means you can't wear him out. And you know, you can't aggravate him enough to get him to not love him. It's so good news. Because God, and he endures long, and God is patient, and he is kind to me. Can we just do this? Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. Now let's take this time to agree to this. If that's you, just raise your hand. But you didn't know that God was patient and kind. But you need to experience Him that, that way. Yeah, you just play full of strength. I can go. I should let you. I see the name. We all just there. He's so patient in you. He is so kind. I love that, that, that the kindness shows up in His patience. It shows up in gentleness. You know, if you grew up, and then you either raise your hand, you grew up, parents have been irritated by things you did. He's never irritated. He's never irritated. And praise God. And then the next one that's here says, Now God is never envious and all boils over with jealousy. Don't you know God's not jealous of you? <laughs> I know that might sound weird, but I'll share it on as kids came about. You know, that's what that's probably lost. Those two are different than the gospel. It's because somebody misinterpreted the word and said, God is jealous of him. And she said, Well, if he is a God that's jealous of it, I'm out. No, he's not jealous of you. Can I say, did you know God is not jealous if you spend time doing that? And he's not going, why don't you spend more time with me? Why don't you pray more? Why don't you read the Bible more? Did you know that? He's not jealous. And then you know, he does not blow over with envy. If you're here, anybody is that speaking to you? Anybody here? But you thought, man, maybe God's jealous of me, and God doesn't like me to like things, some things that gets in the way. You know, I've had to apologize to my kids this way. You should have God you had a good time in life. God wants you to enjoy life. He is not jealous if you enjoy life. You talk to me about that God. It's not jealous because I spend time on my bag shooting sports. You do more spiritual activity. See, it's what they're doing. It's nice to do that. He's not jealous. He's, he is a loving father. He loves the things you enjoy being. 
just as much as she would when you're famous. That's you. Somebody's got you. I love this. It says, God, He is not boastful or vainglorious. You know, God's not boastful. He's not mourning it over and going, I'm God, and you're just a little sorry sucker. God's not going, I'm more awesomer than you are. Even though true, and he is awesome, I'm not taking away from that, but he doesn't have an attitude in his grandeur. Does that make sense? You know, when he shows up in our life and we, you know, kiss the carpet, so to speak, we 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 are just awed by his presence. That's not him being boastful. That's just him being awesome. Does that make sense? You know, God's not running around flexing his, his muscle. God's not running around showing off. All right? Mm-hmm. I love this. It says, God does not display himself hollering. Right? God's not, God's not arrogant. It says, oh, God is not conceited. He is not arrogant. And he is not inflamed with pride. Not all things. Again, I think I've spent because sometimes again we can come to God and think he's I am less. Right? He is, and now he is greater. But it's not filled with arrogance. Like we run into those people in our life, right? That they do actually believe they're better than everybody else. How much do y'all like to hang around with those folks? Like God's not that way. He is awesome. He is magnificent. He is great. But that's just in the year. But it's got no pride. Mm. I love this. God is not rude. He is not unmannerly. God does not act unbecomingly. Yeah. Some of you are afraid of the Holy Spirit because you think he's going to embarrass you. I've heard you say this before. Many people have the three stooges mentality about God. If I've seen the three stooges, Christ, Mo, Larry, and Curly, many people think Mo is like God the Father, he's just mad and around Satan by himself. Many people think that Jesus is like Larry, and he's just trying to keep Mo under control. Many people think the Holy Spirit's like Curly, he's going to make you hit the formula. He's not going to embarrass Because he's not unmannered. You know, he's not ever going to force himself. It's always by your invitation. You know, that's why I would say, ask me, follow me, love me. Love me. Love me. I, I need permission to come and love me. How about this one? It says, God, love, does not insist in his own rights or his own way because he is not self 
But you know, God's not self-seeking. You ever thought about that before? Even in worship, do you know we don't worship God because he demands it and he's seeking for God himself? We worship God because he just deserves it. Come on. Does that make sense? He just deserves it. But it's not because he demands it. It's not because he goes, you have to. Because, no, he just says, I love you. And that produces only stars. That's why we give him worship. He doesn't take worship from us. Come on. So I got Experience the love of God. He's God seeking things for himself. And I love this one. It says, God, he is not touching or fretful or resentful. One translation says this, that God above is not easily offended. She glad you can't offend me, though. You know, I remember I remember being at a place, I remember being at a service where someone actually said that, said, now be careful, the Holy Spirit is so easy to offend. I remember my head popping up going, where did you share that in the Bible? <laughs> but he is not touching, he is not fretful, he is not sinful. He's not easily offended. Not too glad you came up here to me. But you're not offense to the other. It says this, it says, but God love, he takes no account of an evil done to him. He pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Aren't you glad that whenever you or I make a mistake, that God pays no attention to? I don't know about, about that. <laughs> I'm glad that he takes no account when I do evil. He just treats me like a son. <laughs> so we all need to understand that. Do you understand that that correction doesn't take you out of sonship? Correction is the proof of such. And when I learned about this, when God was happy when He came and corrected me, and then it taught me to be happy when others were coming to me. I have gotten through this as an example. You know, a few weeks ago, I said something wrong. Right? I was wrong about. You know, they did God didn't want the 12 spies to go in. Somebody watched the video and sent in a correction, said, You're wrong, Brad, and they showed me the verse. And I looked at the verse and I said, Praise God. I was wrong. 
How does it feel that God only believes the best in you? It's the only thoughts he has about you. Best. He only sees you at your best. He only knows you at your best. I'm not free. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right, Jesus. Then you start explaining something. Some folks, some of them need to relax. Some of them need to cry. And if I say something, you need to stop sitting there like a lump on the log. You're done. Right. It's engaged a little bit with God. I love this. It keeps going. It says this. It says, God, that his hopes are fadeless under all circumstance. We've said before, the New Testament word for hope is the word imagination. So I can say like this. God's imaginations about you are fadeless. It means they never lose their color. No matter how long it takes, it can come to pass. They're just as vibrant as the first time he thought about them for you. Amen. They're fadeless under all circumstances. Even this, even if you quit. Even if you said, I'm not doing it no more. Even if you say, I give up. Even if you say, I've been hurt. God says, okay, so what? Does, that doesn't fade my imagination about you. That doesn't wear out my image of you. Because he just keeps on imagining. He just keeps, that's why so much for church family here for us at Life of Bay North, I've told you, many of you still have photographs, imaginations, images from God that he has given you and he's constantly asking you to pull them back out and say yes to him one more time. Pull it back out. Even if you haven't seen it come to pass yet, it is faithless. Praise God. Thank you, something. I love this. It says love our God he endures everything without weakening. So everything that can happen in life, everything that might happen, it'll never weaken God. It'll never weaken his love. It says this, it says that God, our love, he never fails. He never fades out. He never becomes obsolete. He never comes to the end. Praise God. That's just how much he loves you. So again, he's never going to give up on mom. He's never going to stop. <laughs> you know, I know why this story came to mind, but even Jonah, right? God has had to send his pet figure to go fetch it. But it never stopped. Never, never stopped. Because that's how much, John, that's how much he loves you. 
You understand? That's why when Paul prayed in Ephesians and said, Lord, I pray, Lord, I do right now for our family here, all of us. Lord, that we would have the roots of our life, that they would grow deep into your love for us. And then, Lord, that we would come to know as all gods should just how high, just how wide, just how deep, just how profound your love for us actually is. Even though in this lifetime we'll never fully be able to wrap our brains around it, it still doesn't change my inability in this life to fully tell how much you love me. does not change the shape the size or the impact of your life. So this week, this is we kind of done here. This week, or show us how much you know. Well, that last thing, there's something. But I have some here, and it's good to know Some of you, if you're here, you're like, man, it feels like things have been cold for a while. He's told us to show us. This is never been cold. Thank you for listening to our Life of Faith North podcast. If you would like to partner with us by giving, please visit our Cash App page. This can be found at cash.app forward slash dollar sign lof north we hope this message was encouraging to you today thanks again for listening and have a blessed day